Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Shore Grass. I'm your host, Trey Schapp. The Arkansas State Golf Association has changed up their championship schedule a little bit, if you will. Chamberlain Country Club Championship will kick off the ASGA schedule on April the 2nd and April the 3rd. Big Creek Country Club up in Mountain Home, their designated has been moved from middle August to late April. It's going to be April 23rd and 24th. You have the U.S. Open qualifying coming up on May the 10th at Hot Springs Country Club, followed by the Rebsman Invitational May 14th through 15th down at Rebsman Golf Course. And after the Rebsman Invitational, it's the Arkansas Amateur Championship. Both men and women will compete May 19th through the 21st at Hardscrabble Country Club in Fort Smith. It is a true amateur championship you won't have the mid-amateur senior super senior and masters divisions you will just have a true amateur championship and after you sign up to play in some of these events you might need a place to stay that's why you need to check out bphotels.com beachwood pinnacle hotels one of our great sponsors of from the short grass they have locations all throughout the state of arkansas check them out on the web bphotels.com we are back with ken duke after this, stay with us. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman auctions. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success. Not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. 
Welcome back to From the Short Grass. Ken Duke was born in Hope, Arkansas on January the 29th, 1969. He is a member of the PGA Tour Champions right now. He has five professional wins to his credit. He won the 1999 Order of Merit on the Canadian Tour and was a leading money winner on the 2006 Nationwide Tour and the Player of the Year in 2006 on the Nationwide Tour. He has one PGA Tour Championship to his name. That is the Travelers Championship in 2013. He won a playoff with a birdie on the second extra hole beating Chris Stroud. On the tee, Ken Duke. Ken Duke, thanks for joining me on from the short grass you have an unbelievable story of your path to the pga tour and now the champions tour and it all started in arkansas hope arkansas where you grew up but you had to make a trip to little rock because of scoliosis when you were a kid yeah it's uh, it's been a tough road for me but an unbelievable one as well um you know, i was diagnosed with scoliosis when i was 13, I think, and we tried to do some different um, procedures and tried to help help straighten it up, but it didn't work. So when I was 15 uh, in February, I had to have back surgery. So uh, they put a 16-inch rod in my back and straightened it up a little bit, but didn't take the whole curve out. But to be honest with you, I've been really lucky. Uh, I never had any other surgeries. I've only had the one. Uh, I do get checkups, you know, every year or so just to make sure I'm okay. Um, with this crazy golf that I play in this world that we're in, that I've had so many kids reach out on social media that they're having the same procedure done. So, I'm, you know, they've had multiple surgeries and I've only had one. So you kind of look back at mine. It's uh, been very lucky to to do what I do and have my life more than any. And that's all I really care about is having my life more than any. When I think about players that have had issues like you, one that really jumps to the forefront is Stacy Lewis on the LPGA tour. And uh, now the Curtis cup captain and what she's had to go through in her life just to be able to play the game. Yeah, that's right. And I've talked to Stacy a couple of times. I don't really know her that well, but, we have our passes run across each other and we talked a little bit about it, but yeah, you just never know. Um, big thing for me was I just wanted my life. I didn't know if I could play sports. You know, that's all I really cared about. And obviously got lucky and kept playing and kept doing what I have to do. But I think her story is unbelievable as well. And uh, there's so many out there too, that just for us to, to, to reach out to others and, and talk about our stories and may help other ones. And that's what, I try to do all the time. Henderson State, you went there, played your college golf there. What does it mean to you? Absolutely everything. I mean, I didn't really have the money to go to a big college, and all I wanted to do is play golf. I, I thought I was pretty good, but I realized I wasn't that good. Uh, obviously, when you go to other states and other competing against other colleges, you really don't know how good you really are until you get out there. And uh, you learn quickly what you have to do and – and to fight hard, but it, it, it pay, it made a path for me to, to go forward in what I wanted to do in my career. And, and luckily it all worked out and, uh, you know, get to the main, the main goal is to get onto the PGA tour. After your time at Henderson state, you started on some mini tours, bouncing around Latin America overseas. What was that like? It's very difficult. I mean, um, obviously you're just playing week to week and, and having, 
not much money to, to play. Uh, you're trying to make as much as possible. And on those tours, there's not much there. More than any, you're just trying to gain confidence at the, at the professional level to see if you can, can do this for a living. Um, the experience is the main thing and traveling and um, playing different courses and flying in different hotels. And a lot of people that I know and, and probably we know the same people, they never could travel out of the state. And a lot of these people just can't get get their game to travel. And they're so comfortable where they live and the courses they live. Um, it's more to it than just playing golf. you got to learn to travel um, if you're going to do this for a living. You were on the Canadian tour back in your day and finished high enough there to where it got you on the Nike tour at the time. What, what set you up for getting on the Nike tour and what had you learned before you got onto that Nike tour, before you made it to the PGA tour? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a stepping stone. The Canadian tour was huge for me because it's a four day tournament, just like any other tour that we play uh, more Americanized uh, traveling. Uh, a lot of us all travel together, which is totally different than the PGA tour. You're all more individually, but it just gave me the experience to play. I've had, I had some good years up there. Won the order merit up there in 99 and, just met a lot of good people that got me on to the, to the Nike tour, the corn Ferry tour. And, um, now you're, you're close to, to reaching your goal is getting to the PGA tour, but more than any of the experience of playing in Asia, South America, Canada, the mini tours, the experience of making that two foot putt, uh, to see the ball go in the hole and, and mean something and not just you're out there playing with your buddies and say that all oh, that putt's good. You know, it's now you're, everything counts and there's no gimmies in this game. Exactly. You met Bob Toski. What does he mean to Ken Duke? I mean, I can't say enough about Bob Toski. Uh, he's changed my world, my life. He, uh, he's a special guy. He's touched so many people in this world that uh, anybody wants to talk, anybody, if you bring up his name to anyone, he, they will just go unbelievable. His knowledge is off the chart. I mean, he's 95 years old now and he's still sharp as a tack. Um, he's just amazing. Um, he's, he's the one that, that changed it for me. I mean, I wasn't very consistent at all. And I found that out when I went out on the PGA tour and the corn Ferry tour for like a couple of years. And, um, I wasn't that good. Uh, I didn't know how to drive the golf ball. My short game wasn't very good. My putting was iffy. Um, and he taught me how to get the game uh, closer to you and keep everything in front of you. Um, don't try to do things that you can't do. Uh, more than anything, just made me a consistent player. I was probably one of the best drivers of the golf ball on the PGA Tour when I was out there. And obviously that just relates into your, your ball striking on your iron play as well. Then the putting's easier just because you're hitting it closer and you just grow confidence as it was, but I was, I was a player that didn't drive it very well. And if you drive it in the rough on the PGA tour, it's it's very, very difficult to play. Uh, but uh, I used to draw the ball, hook the ball, especially under pressure. I wasn't very good. And he taught me to cut the golf ball and, and really just hit it straight more than any. And uh, that's what we've done. And I've just rolled with it and just grew confidence with it and just believed that I can do it. At this game, and you know, uh, you got to believe that you can do it. And if you can do it, 
and believe it, you'll do it. What did he do with your swing? Did he change anything mechanically? Well, it's, it comes back to my back situation with the curve on my right side. Uh, my right shoulder stuck out closer to, to the ball and my left shoulder was always open when I set up. So my stance was always open more than any. So he was just asking me, why are you swinging outside, you know, inside to out? Why were you swinging off the line of play? And my golf swing, the way I set up, I was always open, and I was swinging off the line of play and trying to hook everything or use my hands to, to get the ball back in play. And it was sometimes it was great, sometimes it was horrible. So now he was just getting me, if I'm setting up open, open, he wants me to bring the golf club a little bit inside and bring it back down the line of play and pull it to the left because the golf ball wouldn't go left. Now it's going to go a little left to right or any, it's going to go straight. And when I first started doing this, he started calling me Jesse James because I was hitting it straight as a string. And he, he said, man, you're just going to go steal a bunch of money. And that was an 06. And I won the Corn Ferry money title that year. And then the next two years were my best two years on the PGA tour. But, but the consistency now I understood swing the golf club down the line of play instead of off the line of play. And it just made me so much more consistent. You've played in all four majors. Is there one that sticks out? Uh, no question. Augusta. I mean, it's, it's a golf course for me, to be honest with you. I mean, all of it comes down to the putting. Um, I don't hit it far enough to get it in trouble on some of those bunkers. So the big hitters have to, have to dodge that, but, uh, they're making it so long now. I don't even know if I could play it from the front tees maybe, but, uh, but it's, uh, uh, just a special, it's the pinnacle of playing the professional golf to get there to play. You can qualify for the other ones, but to get to the, to the masters, you have to win a PGA event, um, or finish in the top 30 on the FedEx, but you've done something when you get there. And once you go there and play, you understand, um, this is what it's all about. Take me into the car the first time you turned on Magnolia Lane the week of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, it was special. I kind of got lucky. Joe Ford reached out to me when I qualified in 2008 and said, I'd love to take you your first time. So I got lucky to do that, and he showed me the ropes. But coming up there that year, I'm sure I had my parents there and my wife and kids. and um. It's just, it's just breathtaking. Um, it's just everything that goes with it. Um, the memories, the history, the, the, just the beauty of it. Um, you know, it's funny. You go to the front gate and the guy asks who you are and he knows exactly who you are, you know, and it's just one of those times. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's just over the top. I mean, I, I got lucky and this, I made it, I played there twice and, the second time I got a chance to take Mr. Toski up there, he's, he never lets you do anything for him. So he said, I would like to go play Augusta one more time. So um, Danny Yates is a friend of mine and friend of his and called Danny and he invited uh, Mr. Toski up there and I, and so we went up there and driving down Magnolia Lane. So Danny says, well, Bob, what do you think? When's the last time you were here? He said, I was here in 1955. That's the last time he's been there. And he said, what do you think so far? He said, well, these Magnolias are a lot bigger now than they were when I played there. <laughs> uh, but uh, what a special moment for me 
to, to do something for him. Um, and thank you, you know, Danny to, to make that happen. I mean, it's, uh, sure. I'd love to be able to take some of my close friends up there, but it just didn't happen. But to get a chance to take him, obviously he's been there, play with the best, uh, rub elbows with the best, um, to take him back one more time at 82 years old at the time. It was pretty special. I want to take you to Southern Hills, the PGA championship several years ago. Uh, you made my day, my week. Uh, I walked up to you on the range. I said, Ken, I want to carry your bag during the practice round. You looked at the caddy and said, Trey wants to carry, carry the bag during the round. The caddy's like, okay. I mean, it was like 103 over there. So yeah, I the thought it was. Be yeah. Like, yeah. So we go off down the first hole and everything. Everything's going good until I set the bag down on the seventh hole. And do you remember what I did? I do not. I do not. I pulled out a three wood for you. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And you, yeah, you said, what are you doing? I said, well, Ken, when I played this, you know, a couple of months ago during the media day, I hit three wood on this hole. He goes, it's not a three wood. It's a hybrid. And then the caddy walks up to me and goes, never pull the club for the player. I said, yes. So I learned my lesson, but you, you taught me when we got down into the fairway where that three wood would have gone. If you would have hit it straight without the draw, you would have been in trouble in the rough. So you got your course management there, I guess is, you know, I thought, okay, you draw it around there, but you also have to play for your misses at times as well. Yeah, it's a lot of it, course management. Sure, you got to play, you know, in the right spot, but the key is to play from the fairway. And the three wood would have brought the rough into play. The three in the and like Toski, you know, I get history from Toski all the time. He was talking to Byron Nelson one time. He said, "Why, why do you not swing very hard? Why do you swing like half swing?" He said, "Because I always have another club to get it to the green." And I'm always taking that in that it doesn't matter if it's a hybrid or a driver or a three wood. You always have another club that can get you to the green. But the main thing is you've got to play from the fairway, especially in majors, because the majors roughs are just nasty. But that was a great day for me and, and obviously for you. And obviously the caddy is going to give that bag up, especially when it's 100 degrees any time. But a uh, special time there in Tulsa for sure. I did get some scratch out of it, though. The caddy did reward <laughs> me, which was good. That's awesome. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. What does the ASGA mean to you, the Arkansas State Golf Association? You're a member of their Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, um, I kind of, like I said, I've been lucky to get into a few Hall of Fames and get inducted. I mean, what Jay Fox has done with that organization has been great. I miss that. I miss, miss those guys. And uh, going getting inducted there was pretty special for me, uh, just seeing a lot of the, the familiar faces that I grew up playing with and and a lot of them still play, and I follow them. I follow them what goes on every year and the match play and the stroke play and the senior division and everything. I love it. Uh, but but what Fox has done and the friendship that we have is uh, pretty special. He's done a lot of good things there, and, and um, I think everyone enjoys him. But to just give the opportunity for, for somebody like myself and yourself to play uh, like a regular schedule on the PGA Tour, it's uh, pretty special, pretty nice, very nice. You've played all over the world. Best golf course you've ever walked on? Uh, besides Augusta, I'd probably say Pebble Beach. I mean, the history of that place and just just the scenery of it. I uh, get a chance to play there every year in the first tee open, uh, every year on the Champions Tour, and, and obviously at the AT&T, I played there many times. Um, 
it never gets old, Trey. It never gets old. Uh, the beauty of it, the, the, the golf course doesn't change much. They can't lengthen it that much. Uh, or they don't do it for us, but, uh, it's, uh, it's breathtaking. As soon as you walk on the first tee, it's special. My wife and I went out there a couple of years ago, July 3rd, Ken, I was playing Pebble beach pants, shirt, pullover, sweater, and a, and a rain slicker. I mean, January, wow. July 3rd, it was that cold and misty. It happens out there. We've played there many times in AT&T and it's bluebird sky. Then as we make the turn, a few clouds roll in. The next thing you know, it's dumping with fog, you know, that's the beauty of a course like that. And I think that's why I would have to say it's probably one of the best courses in my, in my stable besides Augusta. Fantasy foursome. You've got three other guys that you could play with living or deceased. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to invite? And are you going to play Augusta or are you going to play Pebble? Uh, I'm playing Gusta, obviously. Um, uh, you know, Mr. Nicholas is is a good friend of mine. You know, I see him down here quite a bit. Uh, and, um, you know, Mr. Toski, everything that he's done for me. And, and uh, you know, I would say my dad, but um, he's – we lost him a few years ago, but he'd be fun, he'd be fun but – Everybody knows I'm a Larry Bird guy, and I love that, love his work ethic and what he grew up and how he did things. Got a chance to meet him a couple times, and I'd say I, I'm putting five in there. I got to put those five in there, <laughs> but Larry, a special group for sure. Larry Bird might want to take you to French Lick and play the uh, Pete Dye course there in French Lick. Well, I've been conning Big Joe Klein to see if we can't make that happen sometime. I know he's over in Naples, you know, in the wintertime, and I'm just across the state. so. We tried to make it happen once and it didn't work out, but we'll see if we can't do it again. It'd be a fun time, but a lot of laughs and uh, have a good time for sure. No doubt about that. Ken, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you. Uh, a great friend and uh, best of luck uh, in all of, all of your golf this year on the Champions Tour. I appreciate you having me on and thank you for everything that you guys do as well. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Right now on the web at blackmanauctions.com, you can find out how they use industry-leading software for online bidding. Start bidding with Proxy Bid now. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com to find out how. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. We'll be back after this. Stay with us. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like a show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. It's time for our weekly rules segment, 
On the tee, PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, let's say we're off the green and uh, we're about to chip and we hit the ball and as our club is coming up, it hits the ball again. So basically a double hit. In the past, you'd be penalized for that. Correct. What is the ruling now? So yeah, in in the past, the stroke would have counted and then you would have had a one-stroke penalty for striking a moving ball. Now that has changed um, to the point where because of the continuation of the stroke, Let's say you kind of chili chunk one a little bit mm-hmm. and the club's moving faster than the ball and you clip it again, then that's no longer a penalty because it's it was a result is an unintentional result of, of the stroke. So uh, they've done away with the additional one stroke penalty for striking that ball moving in that situation. Have you ever seen one where a guy hit it twice and it actually ended up going in the hole? I've never seen that one. Um, saw a guy hit it twice and Scotland, second out of a bunker, um, shot straight up in the air, landed right in my right hand. I tucked it in my pocket, and he looked for five minutes for that golf ball. <laughs> no, no way! And I finally said, "Oh wait, here it is. It's in my pocket." <laughs> so, yeah, he Man. he had no idea where it went. He and how much was on that hole, or how much were y'all playing for? <laughs> he was out of the hole. It was about his Some eighth Guinness try or something. Yeah, it was about it was at Mirfield and he was in a deep greenside bunker. But uh yeah, that was one of the better ones. But yeah, you can you can you know, there's lots of occasions where you might strike a moving ball. I mean that's one example, right? So right. another example with, that we used to have is, you know, a player addresses his golf ball, makes a swing, and as on his downswing the ball moves just slightly he doesn't discontinue his swing and he hits the golf shot well prior to the rules change he was going to get a one-stroke penalty for striking a moving ball um now we have to determine if the player caused that ball to move right um and if he didn't there's not going to be a penalty um if he did then there would be a penalty so it, it can get a little dicey on determining whether or not he caused that ball to move sure i think probably nine times out of ten he didn't his gravity takes over but um it's it's a situation where you know previously you know you 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 got a ball that's maybe kind of it's in the rough and it's kind of sitting up in the rough a little bit and you don't even ground your club i mean you just you just because you don't want that ball to you don't want the ball to move you can tell it's kind of sitting up a little bit and you make your golf swing and on the way down the ball drops down maybe an inch further into the rough, the ball moves while you're making a stroke. You didn't cause it to move. Gravity just took over. Mm-hmm. And he goes ahead and makes a swing. He's going to be penalized for that. And, again, just kind of the softer, gentler nature of the rules of golf, it didn't seem right to penalize a player for, for gravity. Let me ask you this one. You probably wouldn't see this on one of the tours or even at maybe the high amateur events, but maybe a local event where – You've got two players hitting from either side of the fairway, and one doesn't know that the other one is hitting. They both hit at the same time, and their balls actually hit in the air or on the green. Yeah, so that's a different rule. That that's you know a ball in motion that's deflected or stopped. Um, so that situation is a little different than playing a moving golf ball, um, and the ruling is a little bit different. So. Um, you know, in in again, form of play is going to dictate here. Is it match play? Is it stroke play? Sure. Um, you know, if it, if it's match play, um, the player who's 
whose turn it was to play is, is going to have the opportunity to replay, and so is the other player. Stroke play, a little bit different situation. It's just one of those things, ball in motion is moved by another ball in motion. Both balls are played from the new position. So um, there is one other opportunity that you can play a moving ball without penalty. Do you know what it is? In the water. That's right. Ah, uh, yes. So if your ball is in the water and it's Like moving, in a stream and it's moving, you yeah, can so play it's, it. It's slowly moving down a stream. You can play it. Ben Crenshaw famously did that one time. However, you cannot wait for that ball. So let's say you're playing a par five and it's your tee shot. You cannot wait for that ball to get all the way down by the green before you play your second shot. Oh, I got you. If the ball, if the stream is taking it that way. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so assuming it's taking it toward the hole, you cannot look up and figure out, okay, well, if I wait about 15 minutes, this ball's going to be down by the green. And then well, I'm what if you that. don't wait 15 minutes? What if it's moving a little faster and you wait two minutes, but you're walking along it as it's moving? Well, as long as you're not un- unduly delaying play. I mean, yeah. Hey, if it's moving fairly rapidly, um, I'm not sure I'm going to take that chance, to be honest with you. If it's just kind of... Because it could get a lot deeper in the water, too. It could. You could miss. There's all kinds of bad things that could happen. So it depends on the speed. But, but that is one of the rules and that where you it was okay. Prior to the new rules changes, right. that was the only case that you were okay to play a moving ball without penalty. He's Adam Carney, our rules expert. If you have a question on the rules of golf, send us an email from shortgrass at gmail.com. That will do it for this edition of From the Shortgrass. I know the weather's getting much better, and it's going to be time to get out and really enjoy the game of golf. I hope when you find your ball mark on the green that you will fix it and a couple of more, maybe like two or three more. And I hope to see you from the Shortgrass. You've been listening to From the Shortgrass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.